I just slipped through an exam, and you're listening to a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. Now, this is time for Sex, Love and Relationships. It was a fresh new segment from us and one that I'm going to hand over to Sanana. Kia ora, everyone. We are here to discuss everything love, sex, relationships, self-love and health. This is a space where we can answer questions, talk to guests, recommend books, movies and podcasts for you all. Huge disclaimer, we are not qualified professionals and we are drawing from our own experiences to shed light on topics that should not be left in the dark. We appreciate and respect everyone's courage in sending in your questions and everything discussed will always remain anonymous. So let's head into it. Alrighty. Okay, can I just say as yeah. well, I have never seen Sunaina so nervous. I, I, this is just something that I'm super passionate about. Yeah, so Sunaina, um, you want to work in the kind of sex education field mm-hmm. and really normalise topics that shouldn't have any shame with them. And this is super... I mean, you don't normally hear such, you know, bold topics, I think, being talked about on radio, maybe podcasts more or less. But we thought, hey, we've got this platform. This is something that's so important to us, uh, particularly Sanaina. And we, yeah, just want to bring yeah. light to it and see how it goes. And it's going to be so fun. It is going to be so good. <laughs> I'm really excited. And for today, we've had a few topics surrounding health, anatomy, and how to get to know your genitals. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I'll start off. I was someone who was really worried and afraid to talk to, especially my friends, or weird things that were going on like with my body parts. And I've come to realize that it's just a beautiful thing, and all of us are learning and exploring it every day. And one of the people who have really helped me come at one with my sexuality and my sexual influences is my mum, who is a.k.a. Dr. Pregati Gautama. Hello, mum. How are you? Hello, Fanana. I'm really good. Oh, it's so good to have you on. And so today I just kind of wanted it to be a discussion where you can all relax and we're sitting in, we're just with our friends and family and how we would approach things. Yeah, but Pregity is um, bringing a wealth of knowledge mm-hmm. to this chat as well. Um, do you want to give us a brief rundown of you know your profession and your qualifications, I guess, as our expert on this segment? Well, um, you know, I come from quite a wide background of medicine in the sense that I've always been a rural GP and a rural hospital doctor. Um, so I've worked right across um, New Zealand and Australia in some ways and uh, also spent some time in Papua New Guinea for nearly 18 months. So, um, as well as obviously being trained in the UK uh, and working in London. So it, I've been really fortunate in also working for a sexual health clinic in Dunedin um, and in general practice anyway, you're always talking to people about um, intimate dis- uh, problems or discussions. So as, a, as any GP, whether you're urban or rural, you're going to be dealing with this kind of stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess the first thing is like, how would you bring up to a professional the topic of sex? You've booked an appointment, mm-hmm. you've gone to the doctors, how do you bring it up? Yeah, that's such a good question. And, and um, I could also turn it around and say that sometimes we as professionals um, can get somewhat biased about whether we want to bring it up with our patients as well. Um, so there's been a lot of evidence showing that um, just just having quite a difference in years can be difficult. And maybe if we know our patients really well or we know their parents, it might be uh, a bit difficult for us to bring it up. But I think it, it's really good just to... Hit it on, 
has the nail on the head and just just start the conversation as a young person by saying, look, hey, look, I, I want to talk to you about something that's quite intimate. Yeah. And see how your your doctor or uh, professional behaves with that because most of us are pretty well trained to deal with that. It's just that we may be thinking of something else in the room and, and not realising that you're actually wanting to get to grips with that that particular problem. Yeah, and it isn't, I guess, it is kind of a scary thing to do, but they are professional in this topic, and it is a safe space, and because nothing that's said in the room goes out of the room, I think it's a really good basis to just be like, take a deep breath, have a go. If the words don't come out properly, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's um, a few stigmas and questions that got asked in about genitalia and trying to figure mm. out you know what's normal yeah what's and normal kind of being comfortable with knowing what's okay and what's not weird yeah. smells like what if it <laughs> tastes weird what how often should i be washing my genitals should i be embarrassed about the scent of my genitals how would you go mm. with this mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I think these are all really sensible conversations because you're so right you know not many of our uh, young adults are going to find it easy just to go around to mum and dad in the middle of the kitchen um, and say, hey, you know, what do I do with this? Mm, um, yeah. mm-hmm. but, uh, but on the other hand, there are people that, that can actually have that conversation with their family member. But often we choose to do that in a really private environment. So your your doctor's surgery or the sexual health clinic or the family planning environment is ideal because you know, you know, we have standards in our rooms. We have to have uh, soundproofing, really. Mm. Um, and so the other thing I think we should get, get out there is that our... Um, if you're under 25, you have fully funded sexual health consults, and that can include those with um, your GP or even sexual health clinic. Sexual health clinic is, is one of my... Um, I'm obviously a keen um, promoter of that clinic because people who already work there are really well-versed with um, understanding those sort of problems and starting to get that conversation going. Um, when you talk about what is normal, well, there's a huge range of normal. And, and you know, until somebody starts talking to you about it and saying, hey, look, you know, I'm feeling that this could not, this this might not be normal, it's good to have that conversation with a health professional because they can normalise it for you. They can show you pictures. And that was the other thing I want to get across is, um, for goodness sake, the moment you try and look up something on the net, you're, you're going to get flagged, aren't you? Whereas... Um, there's some really good, very simple uh, websites like the New Zealand Sexual Health Society Incorporated, NZSHS, and I can give you guys the uh, the website for that. They, if you, you know, the homepage, you screen down to the bottom, and they've got they've got a wonderful website called JustTheFacts.co.nz, and it's um, you know I've watched the videos with some of my patients, you know, and they've got young adults again trying to demystify and go through myths as well as the real facts about things like, you know, might be genital herpes, it might yeah. be all sorts of things. But we need we need um, those kind of websites where it's safe to click onto them and you're not going to be diverted to a porn site. <laughs> yeah. I think another thing as well, especially with scents and smells, um, just from advice I've gotten from mum anyway, I think one thing is that make sure that you're using non-scented and like very... Um, sensitive washes like yeah. it's not always even though we think that like overpowering scents will like help or like putting <laughs> something nice smelling down there it doesn't actually the pH of your um, vulva and your vagina will be irritated by that and another yeah absolutely another t- uh, uh, yeah we can create eczema in that region as well yeah yeah <laughs> and good. I remember mum always being like no make sure that you have 
cotton and like bamboo underwear that you can yeah, wear. Yeah, you said this to me and I had no idea about it. Yeah, it's more breathable. I think mm. we, we all love the pretty synthetic, like cute underwear, which are great to wear, but you just have to be aware of that. You know, if you are feeling like, oh, my discharge is a weird color or I feel like uncomfortable, sometimes it's actually good just to air out that space, whether that's sleeping, you know, naked or having cotton and breathable underwear. I really suggest that. But, but the other thing, Samantha, is, I mean, I think if somebody really does feel that there's an odor, that, that needs to be checked out. You know, that's mm. what we do really well in terms of uh, doctors and nurses in sexual health clinics or yeah. general practice. Uh, we can deal with that really easily and sometimes we can even tell you how to take your own swabs because it's not that tricky really but it's just being able to understand uh, what we're going to be testing for and how we're going to look for it yeah yeah and a follow-up with that with STI checks how often should people go get one Mm -hmm. where can you get them done Mm -hmm. and can you actually do them at home yeah all very good questions um so the actual test itself needs to be instigated by a clinician, whether that's a nurse, a nurse practitioner or GP. And all of that can be accessed either through a sexual health clinic, family planning or your GP. Um, how often should you do it? Well, my personal feeling is that, you know, I try and empower people to think about it as you're starting a new relationship with somebody. Um, if you're really not going to use any form of uh, barrier method like a condom, um, then you should be doing them every three months minimum because if you know you're, you're having sexual contact without a condom or um, the way you're having sex is is not going to be protected adequately. Uh, and I'm talking about oral sex as well as um, obviously the other types, mm-hmm. vaginal, anal. Um, so you you need to actually um, be aware that if you're going to be doing that, then then you need to look after yourself and you need to look after your partners. Um, and so it's actually quite good. It's kind of like a a goodwill gesture to yourself as well as others to make sure that you're, you're keeping safe. And, you know, one of the things that's gone underground a little bit and people don't talk about is that HIV is still here, but we've got some fantastic options for people if they do unfortunately expose themselves to HIV, then there you can go to any emergency department and get a, um, it's a, it's a antiviral, double antiviral tablet that can protect and that's within 72 hours. We like people to turn up as soon as they realise that they may have exposed themselves. Um, but that that product is available. So it's, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So you know, it's, it's really it's really interesting what information is out there. Another area that people don't talk about much is you know men who have sex with men, and then are also maybe um, bisexual, but. Those individuals will unfortunately have a higher risk of some other diseases like gonorrhea and syphilis. Now, gonorrhea and syphilis are bacterial, so we can treat that. We can we can mm-hmm. do a swab yeah. and we can treat it with antibiotics. Like these things are treatable. There isn't this yeah. stigma about you're going to have something and it's mm. going to be for forever. life. I think that's the thing. Like in a lot of the sexual health um, areas that I've been in, whether that's through school or whatever, um, you get taught about all these really scary diseases and all yeah. these things, and it's all super scary. And you don't really get taught, I guess, the flip side of being like, okay, but how do you, as a responsible adult, you mm. know, proactively manage these and talk about them without being terrified that yeah. the blame, I guess, is going to be on you for doing something wrong or being irresponsible Um, so knowing the information that like you can go and if you've been exposed to HIV you can go within 72 hours to an emergency department Mm. and 
sort yourself out is so valuable yeah and so, I yeah. I think it is it's just like asking someone about it and not keeping it to yourself can always be better obviously keep whatever you like it's yeah. your body you don't actually have to tell people these things and I guess as a last thing is if there's a person who's asked in and they said they've just become recently sexually active mm-hmm. and I'm not mm-hmm. sure how to tell my family about it and I feel a little bit overwhelmed how would you approach this yeah what's your advice be i guess yeah you know what i would ask them is is why do you need to tell your family member and and have a think about that and then look at some of the resources that there is rainbow youth and just the facts are the two that i would highly recommend because they sort of simplify the language the other thing is try and find someone who you do trust who may not be a family member but is somebody of a similar age to your parents maybe or some somebody else because um just having somebody on side that really gets what you're talking about is really important and sometimes you guys as uh, as the younger generation you may have support within your networks who who will just guide you through that i mean it is it is a tough problem and i think the most important thing is not to feel judged rather to feel supported so if you can't get that from your family member remember that's not the only other contacts you're going to have in your life and um you only need one person on your side don't you with that unconditional support that makes you go you know i'm going to be okay yeah mm-hmm. it is and i think that's really um like a good thing to always remember is there is maybe going to be times where it can be scary and you might have a one bad experience but it doesn't mean mm. that every other experience from that moment is going to be and having a friend or someone to support and help you get those conversations out is good so important so, so important we're all out there ready to help you know and um you know sexual assault and sexual issues like that when when you've been drinking and all the rest that does happen but if you go to the right person with the like i say non-judgmental behavior pattern that's what's going to support you awesome thank Thanks you so, so much yeah, mom oh, this has been great <laughs> a great first sex love and relationship segment okay perfect yeah, so thank you thank Have you fun. Um, so yes, following on from that, I thought I would recommend you all a book. Now this book changed my life in terms of understanding my body and what is normal and how everything in terms of the science of sex practically. And this book is called Come As You Are and this is by Emily Nagoski. And Emily is a PhD lecturer from New York and she has multiple copies of this book so you can have a book where you just read all the facts and you understand all the topics there's also a book that has question and answer yeah like different versions of the same book yeah Yeah. so different versions of the same book where you can go through and you can write how you're feeling about certain things Mm -hmm. and this has made me understand everyone is normal we all have different things that go on and you're not like it's okay yeah it's and it's kind of that book that you can talk to because you're writing in it so Mm -hmm. if you feel Mm -hmm. like you can't talk to anyone about it talk to this book about it beautiful beautiful so that one that book is called come as you are Mm -hmm. by emily nagoski emily nagoski and then pragity um recommended the website for nzshs um dot co dot nz to go and if you want to learn more about sexual health um That was a Radio 1 91FM podcast, but find more at r1.co.nz.